Hello and welcome to the Arista Wealth Podcast, where we focus on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle, so you can focus on living your dreams. We'll help you navigate through important topics so that you can elevate your life and financial health. Let's get started with your host, Paul Moffitt. Hello, welcome to Arista Advice. We're super excited for this episode. We've got with us a very special guest, Aaron Shelley. Aaron is a serial entrepreneur. He's done many great things. Um, he is very well educated. He's got an MBA. He is just a really delightful person to visit with and have a great conversation with for today's episode. Um, without much ado, uh, we'd like to welcome Aaron Shelley to the Arista Wealth Podcast. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you, Paul. Excited to be here. Um, so, Aaron, where are you uh, calling in from today? I'm located just south of Salt Lake City, Utah. Great. And uh, I, I am just going off of yesterday's weather. It sounds like you guys got a bunch of snow and a lot of weather. Yep. It was 20 degrees and snow and very windy. So always, always exciting to be in Utah in the winter. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, Aaron, uh, let's just jump right into it. Give us this quick overview of the family flywheel and what the flywheel is and how it can be useful. All right. So the flywheel is a concept, if you're familiar with um, the book, Good to Great, where he talks about kind of building uh, a reinforcing cycle. And the family flywheel, as I present it, is taking a lot of the business concepts and applying it to your family. Just as a business has a strategy, a structure, and a culture, if we think about Walmart, they have a strategy, structure, and culture, and that has to be aligned. And if that's aligned, they actually create additional wealth in terms of money. They buy more real estate. They have better relationships, and they have amazing human resources that they have at their disposal. And if you see this cycle at, at Walmart, they took 20 years to build 1,000 stores, and then in one year, they were able to build 1,000 stores just between 2011 and 2012. So we see this in the business world, but in the family, we often don't know how to apply that. So if you look at the strategy, um, kind of the business model, the thing that produces the wealth, the engine, as I call it, it has the, the main piece is the strategy. How are we going to make our family work? What are, where are we going to live? Um, what, how are we going to make money? What roles are going to be in there? Um, those type of things. And then we have the structure. Who's going to do which jobs? Just like we do in a business. You don't need both people in marketing in a company. You need to have diversity. And it's the same in family. And then finally, what's our culture? Right, The culture at Walmart is very different than the culture at Google. And so if you look at your family, if you've been successful, there's some of the aspects. What were your values and beliefs? What is the culture that generated that wealth? What is the structure that you put? Was it marriage? Then having kids, did you get a degree early, invest in yourself, and then um, get married? How? What was your strategy and structure around your whole family? Because if you look at that, if you do that well, you get your education, then you can make take spend your time, which I call a human resource, and then you can invest that to make more money. Then the money is back to a financial resource. So you have these three categories of resources that I call the financial resources, money, tools, um, property, you have the social resources, your relationships, one-on-one -on -one, group relationships and reputation. And then finally you have your human resources, which is all your abilities, your time and your health. And so your business model is perpetually every day. What, what activities should we do? What action should we take? 
And if a family does that well, they create this flywheel wheel, the circular thing. We get more resources. Now I have, I've met her, you know, I made better friends. Now those friends help me make better friends. And now those friends will help me get better jobs. So this reinforcing cycle works in entrepreneurs. It works in the family. It works. Every business functions about it. Every um, family functions unless they waste their time and energy, you know, watching Netflix, spending all their money on vacations and those type of things. So generating that flywheel, that's what I would call the flywheel of success. That's great. That's great. And uh, Aaron, what, what drove you to come up with this flywheel? Well, I talk about it a little bit in the book where I, I was, there's two kind of events. I was in between, I'm kind of an entrepreneur. And if you notice, entrepreneurs kind of bounce between things. And I was kind of between things. My mom said, Hey, there's this professor at BYU. He's writing a book on entrepreneurship. Well, in the course of doing that, I had some ideas on that became the family flywheel. And he was like, that's your book. Go do it. But I was also working in the business world. And I was like, these things look a lot the same success in a family. If you have a successful family, a good culture, and you know how to work with a partner, right? Those things can be moved to a business. So it was kind of this serendipity around being kind of weirdly researching family as well as consulting in business. And then I think that really the inciting event that really pushed me, I had a, a friend in high school same environment, went to the same church, same high school, same activities. And about five or so years ago, I found out he was getting sentenced in prison to life in prison and for attempted rape and murder or, you know, attempted murder and rape. And I was like, wait, what happened? This is, we were so close. We were everything, wow. you know, people will argue about socioeconomics wow. and then you get into this scenario, like all that crap, we were the same where it seems so, and now we diverged. Yeah, wow. And um, and then walk us through, you know, you talk about this business model and, and also the generational wealth. Walk us through that concept of this generational wealth that's talked about in the book. Yeah, so if if we look at generational wealth, a lot of people, myself included, you get so focused on the business that often you forget, well, what the most important thing to most of us is actually our kids. And so we look at it like I spent all my time investing in the business and I didn't invest in the family possibly because I didn't know how, or just because the business sucks so much away. So what I look at is if you have a business model, well, how do you structure a family? How did you deal with conflict? There's a lot of pieces that people have in their lives that they've kind of figured out. What roles did you play at different points? How, how flexible were your investments? And if you go through and you can look at that business model and then you say, well, I created this generational business model and I created millions of dollars and I created good relationships and I created good skills, but how did I do that? And so to me, the question is for a lot of parents of, of children, it's like, well, why are you passing on the wealth if you pass on money to a kid, there's a story in my book where there was a woman, her, her dad passed away when she was 16 at 18, she got $20 million. She ended up she getting divorced four times, messing up a lot of companies because she bought, because she didn't know how to do that. And cause her, her dad never taught her how to have a business model. He was just doing the business. So a lot of it's, what are your values as the, in, in the, in your family? 
What are the values that you really think are important? How do you identify those? And how do you make sure that you pass those on to your kids? That's the culture part. Then you can look at the structure part where they're, I mean, in my family being an entrepreneur, I was, there were times when my wife was doing some stuff for the business and then I would be making, I was very flexible. I'd be making the meals, doing the laundry, shopping. And then there were other times when I was doing my business stuff and I'm traveling. And so there's this flexibility that we had in our roles and responsibilities because we were kind of just taking advantage of the opportunities. So that's kind of, do you have a dynamic structure? And then finally on the strategy, I, I kind of, most careers, I kind of boil down to a few careers. You can be white collar, blue collar, military. It's kind of a separate thing. Homemaker. Um, I break in like, you know, living off the government, unemployed or crime. And then finally entrepreneur. And so you look at how you did that. A lot of people will start as a blue collar uh, worker and then they'll gain the skills that they need for that particular job. And then they'll become a blue collar entrepreneur. You know, I, I just, the last company I was working with, we did roofing people. And some of these roofers, the entrepreneurs are making half million dollars a year, a couple million dollars a year, but they kind of progress through these different strategies. And the, the values that you have when you're a blue collar worker being very hardworking, driven, uh, you know, showing up and then becoming an entrepreneur that's, it's more about how do I manage people? How do I lead people? In some cases, I still have to jump in. So it's really about that progression. So if a, if a family wants to generate um, generational wealth, they need to make sure that that wealth is, that they're teaching their children the business model, right? You would, if I owned a McDonald's and then I gave my kids a McDonald's without teaching them how to run it, it's worthless. And it's kind of the same principle. How did you do it? Are you teaching your kids those values for the culture? Are you teaching them how you think about, you know, strategy? And are you thinking about teaching them about roles and how you did that? So the number of entrepreneurs that I've heard say, I don't want my kids to have to work as hard as I did. And then I say, but you became so awesome. Why would you not want that for your children? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, giving your children a McDonald's and they've never they don't know the basics of it, but teaching them and, and having those money conversations and and values and ethics and um, work uh, routines are, are really, really important so that they can take over that McDonald's and make it productive and work it. It's a good point. That's great. And then, Aaron, what are some resources that uh, are available um, to help with this uh, family flywheel? Well, as I see it, it's it's holistic in terms of everything to do with the family. If you look at the resources, it's really, I think more people have access to more resources. One of the big categories that I talk about is social resources. I, I've never met a wealthy person who's, and I maybe it's just exclusive, but that just doesn't want to help other people. Most every great entrepreneur, person who's been successful, they're more like, I want to help you, but you guys aren't willing to put in the effort. And so a lot of it's looking at your social connections that you have, could be family, could be through friends, all of those type of things and say, who, who do I know that's, that's done this thing? I want to invest in real estate or I want my kids. I had an opportunity. I wanted my, my daughter became a nurse. And I was like, I don't know the first thing about nursing, but because I happen to be in this 
particular religious group, I just, I said, does anyone know about this? And it, like how to get into nursing, how to do healthcare, what it's about. And I had a friend who, or I had a guy I actually didn't know. He just raised his hand. He's like, yeah, I actually happen to do admissions for one of the universities. So I think a lot of times we're not really looking at our social connections and looking at how they can help us. And frankly, I think most of them want to. I mean, I, I don't know if your experience has been different, but the most generous giving people are seem to be the ones who are wealthiest. But they just are looking for someone who's that same level of drive and the same level of discipline, but even, even drive. I mean, Steve Jobs has a time when he called up, you know, the CEO of Hewlett Packard and just said, hey, can you help me? And he gave him the parts and the jobs for a computer. So I think it's a lot around the social connections. We underestimate those. And then you also, I mean, you know, there's so many things for human resources where I talk about abilities. You can go online and look for coding. You can look for, there's so many classes. Harvard has classes. There's so many things you can learn. Um, so there's just, there's an, a ton of resources out there. It's much more around just gathering them together to get what you want. Well, that's great. And then Aaron, tell us uh, how uh, our clients can get uh, access to your book and other resources that you may have for them. Yeah, so I have my book called The Family Flywheel, The Secret Business Principles Successful Families Use to Create Sustained Wealth and Happiness. It's on Amazon. I have a website called thefamilyflywheel.com where it has resources to help you go through what you know, analyze your own business model, look for uh, different opportunities, look at your resources, those type of things. And that's, and then you can find me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, like, you know, Aaron K. Shelley. So those are the main places to get a hold of me. Wonderful. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week and listening to uh, Aaron Shelley share with us the family flywheel and why it's important to, um, get his book so that we can learn how to implement the many things that he's talked about to help our families live a life of significance and prepare them um, for the skills that they need to uh, become successful and have a great life. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Arista Wealth Podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more advice on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle so you can focus on living your dreams. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.